Hey, what's going on, guys? Justin with the Number Podcast today, and uh, I'm with my guest today, who's Darren Cole. He is a filmmaker, he is an artist, and he is a uh, big mentor of mine. He's uh, made a big impact in my career early on, and uh, I wanted to bring him on the show today and uh, learn a little bit about Darren. So, Darren, thank you so much for being here, brother. Really appreciate it. Yo, no problem. Thanks again for having me, Justin. Man, of course, of oh, course. Oh, and the kind words, man. I, I've been inspired just seeing like your ethic and hustle around business and creativity. So, very excited to be here. I really appreciate that, bro. Thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome, man. So, let, let's get a, a baseline of who, who Darren Cole is. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, I'm a moving image sound artist. That's kind of like the new title I've been running with. Uh, right now, I'm currently a PhD student at Worcester Polytechnic Institute. And I guess I'm just like an all around creative. I love getting out, being with friends and family. And right now I'm just trying to figure out ways to kind of level up or get new skills that I can lay the foundation for things that I'm just really interested in, which is like social justice, thinking about the future of emerging technology and how that bridges with uh, art and uh, communities. I love that, man. I feel like you've always been driven in that way too. Like you're always, that's one thing I appreciate about you is that you're always going after what inspires you and not really like what any other influences are. Uh, have you always been like that or have you kind of learned that throughout your artistic career? Uh, I think through the process at the very beginning, it was definitely just like trying to emulate and see what was out there. I don't think I was definitely, I think I was sure of myself in terms of wanting to try but I wasn't so sure of the pathway to get to where I am like right now. And I think from taking each of those steps and just continuing to practice, um, I found a space that through other mentors, really like how you're saying, like they kind of gave me the light and said, Hey, you know, what about trying this and trying that? And I was like, sure. If they believe that I would be good in that space, why not give it a try? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome, man. So let's take us back kind of the beginning of your video career. Like what got you into videography in general? Is this something that you grew up doing? Tell me about that. Oh, no, not at all. Uh, I would have to say I was just telling you about him uh, off camera. My good friend, Quentin Radford, uh, I met him in high school and one day he just came up to me and said, hey, do you want to see this snowboard video? I believe it was um, that I made. And I was like, cool. And I thought we were just going to go to like a TV and watch a DVD or something like that. But he actually took me to his iMac. And then we like, I could see the timeline and how everything was moving. So I like watched the edit, like in the edit. And I think that reminded me of how sound editing, which I actually had done before. And I was like, I didn't know that you could do the same thing with video. And at that point, that's just like what I wanted to learn. I just became kind of like in fixated with it yeah dude and then so you kind of eventually threw yourself into it and you're doing music videos and, and high level production uh what was like some of your favorite early on projects that kind of like you're like wow like i'm gonna do this forever um i would say the first one had to be going to sacramento to work the artist's name he has a couple different names but at the time his name was illicism and i heard him on the end of a mixtape like i was like listening to a mixtape and then at, like towards the end of the mixtape this kid like says his phone number He's just like, blah, 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 spits these bars. And he's just like, yo, you can holler at me, call me at this number. And I was just like, whoa. So I had maybe shot one or two music videos locally in my town because I was a DJ and I knew some of the hip hop artists. So I just hit this kid up and I was like, hey, what's up? I really like your music. I would love to shoot some music videos for you. And he was like, fine. And then he's like, but you don't live here. And I was like, that's fine. I'm going to save up some money and I'm going to fly out there wow. and like shoot these videos with you. So I saved up some money and I caught a flight with all my gear at the time and we shot three music videos together. And then since then, I think we ended up doing two more, like not 
in any certain time frame, but like five or six years later, I like hit him up again and I was like, yo, can we collab again? And we've, so I think we've made like five or six pieces together wow. over the years. And I bet early on, you never thought that that would lead to the relationship that you guys have now, right? Oh yeah. Not even that. Just the fact that like those videos are, that experience is still one of my favorite, just because it was one of the, like the first times I literally just like, I think invested in myself and mm -hmm. into the like career that I wanted because I was like, I'm just going to pack up my bags and go do this. Yeah, dude. Oh man, what kind of what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's just trying to break out um, of their nine to five or, or work towards like those bigger projects, like you said? Like, what what kind of advice would you give to those people? I would say, if you can, just try to carve out as much time as you can for your practice, whether that's to do an experiment or to just even you know, if you think you're going to make a movie, maybe make a movie with you know like your friends, or go make a movie with you know something a little bit smaller than going all the way. So you have that prototype. And then once you have that prototype, just run with it. Like there is no barrier to entry in most creative parts of the industry. You know, like no one's asking usually for like a resume, like they want to see your reel, but really they want to know that you're confident. And if you are confident, you're probably going to, uh, <laughs> unfortunately probably talk your way into the room. But I think the thing that's cool about our industry is that even if you talk your way in the room, you still have to show up and put up something that people want to see. So I think it's really just building your self-confidence. And then once you're out there, just like go for it. And I think on like a business side of things, I think, uh, I think maybe this is like a good little small example. But for instance, I hear a lot of people when I was in the Midwest, they would say, I want to move to New York City. And then they would just move to New York City and then become like a barista. <laughs> right. And there's nothing wrong with that. But then at the same time, I'm kind of like, you could also just go to New York City and make connections and then like keep going to New York City, you know, time and time again and become local by visiting it or figuring out what other cities. So I think sometimes instead of just going all in on one place, I tell people like, why don't you go visit it? And if it's OK, go visit it again. Go like five times in a year, six times in a year. And you're going to start to make friends and connections in a way that are going to seem so authentic versus you just showing up and being like, I'm doing this job. That isn't why I'm here, but soon I'm going to be doing that thing. Uh, it's kind of like counterproductive when you could just show up and pop up and be like, hey, I'm here. And then okay. come back again. And they'll be like, why are you here again? Be like, Because I love it. And then they're going to start to embrace you and see like, oh, this person's serious versus you doing the job that you're not doing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, you know, when your favorite artist comes to town, they're not serving you coffee. They're making art <laughs> and showing art. Yeah, exactly. I, well said. I think the big one of the biggest things in this industry is the connections that you got to make for sure. Yeah. And I think that's actually a great leeway into one of the other topics I want to talk about is that you're an educator and uh, you spent some time over at Mass Art, which is the college that I went to, which is how you and I connected initially. And uh, I think, like I said, it's a great leeway because I think, um, you know, I spent two years at Mass Art and I think I learned a good amount. And um, a lot of myself, you know, a lot of the stuff that I learned myself was self-taught. So I did have a pretty good understanding of everything coming in. Um, but the biggest thing that I got from Mass Art was the connections. Like seriously, the people that you, the sphere that you have and then their sphere and all the spheres that connect internally, it's huge. It's huge. So I want to hear about your take and your experience at Mass Art. Tell me, you know, how did you even get into the education sphere? Uh, I'd have to give a shout out to my mentor, um, Sumi Yu. Uh, I was in the master's program there. And right before I graduated, uh, she just said, you know what? I really think that you have like a certain way when you're talking to people. Um, maybe she noticed it from when I like TA to class. I really don't know. But she just said from your interactions, she just said, I think you would make a good teacher. And then she also was just kind of like, I know that might seem weird, but like she was also like, it's a good way if you're an artist to have like a 
base, you know, like foundation, right? You can go teach, you have like some income and then you just go make art. So I was like, okay. And then I graduated and then I went and worked for the city for a couple of years. And then they kind of just tapped my shoulder again and asked like, do you want to come back and teach? I had done a little bit of adjunct teaching and teaching in other places in small capacities. But for the most part, she was just wondering if I was interested. And then from there, it just sort of took off. Like, it was really cool to be in the, like, the official position of, like, someone that's, like, trying to become a professor. Because I think if you're my friend or if I know you, if you ask me how to do something, I'll definitely do everything in my power to try to show you. But, like, to be there and be like, okay, now I can help, like, influence other people and just make it easy, like, to be honest, like when I was in school, most of school until I got to like graduate school, honestly, was pretty painful. Like I was someone that most people would be like, if I tell my kids, friends I grew up with that I'm like a teacher now, they're gonna be like, what? Like, you know, it's so different. But I think a lot of times I want, I've noticed that if I can help someone that's like maybe even similar to me, that can ease their like relationship to learning because I actually do like learning. I think most people like learning is just like the way that it's done. Absolutely. Yeah. I found the same thing in my, my, my career in school. I feel like I was a pretty average student under the, under the belt of average, I'd say. And then, yeah, I think it's all about who you're around and what kind of leaders you have in your life that kind of guide you. Um, and I, I think especially early on in your creative career, like those people that kind of guide you in that direction are like really fundamental in where you go. Oh, so. yeah, 100%. It's absolutely true. And yeah, so I think I don't know if that totally answers the question. But yeah, someone yeah. a mentor brought me in and I got to teach there for three years uh, full time. And I think the best part about it was I ended up leaving the same way I came in. Because the last year I got to teach the grad students and that I actually like looked over their applications when they were coming into the no school. Kidding. So like I was in the position that like, you know, the one, yeah, the one that I applied to be a master's student, and then I was, like, teaching the master's wow. students on the way out. That and must then have been they graduated, feeling. too, so it was, like, cool. Wow. What <laughs> yeah. was that like for you? Like, that must have been a major milestone. Yeah, I just, I just think it was, like, like you said, following the mentorship and then just, like, sticking to the plan and believing. I think part of it now is more believing in other people that see, because I can't see everything anymore, right? Like, when, you, when I was younger, it was, like, oh, yeah, I want to make music videos, and you just run towards it. But now it's, like, you finish a few things that you, like, add on your list and you're like what am I supposed to do and then yeah. someone's like wait a minute you'd be really good at this so you're like yeah all right I'll trust you and just go for it right yeah and if it's something that speaks to you why not right yeah. life is too short to not try things yeah. try it fail do it again do different shit you know that's what it's all about dude definitely that's awesome man that's <laughs> awesome that's great so you think uh your favorite part of mass art is is kind of as a whole being alongside these people on their educational journey and kind of helping them develop and and seeing that from a to z that that'd be you say your favorite part yeah and i think the other teachers and faculty members or staff that work at mass art it's like everyone there is an artist and it's now being at a different school that's not an art school i can tell 100 percent that i'm not at an art school really like what tell give me some examples i mean it's just just the way we talk, just the way we dress, everything is just like, everything. Yeah, yeah, everything is, one, yeah, you know, I'm at an engineering school now, so it's like, you know, the students I bump into, like, all of them identify as engineers, right, <laughs> and like, most of them have, like, something related to, like, NASA, on. right, <laughs> yeah, they got, like, a collared shirt and a suit and tie, and we, we were coming in, like, tattered clothes with paint all over it, right, that's, like, the mass yeah, art, so yeah. it's just, like, completely different, and though I'm in, like, interactive media and game development, like, 
yeah, there are kids that like were like, oh, I game or do this, but like, yeah, kids at the school that I'm at now are like 100 like know about the gaming industry and where it's going and have like opinions on it or they're like into coding in a way that's just completely different. So I think at MassArt it's cool because I think at MassArt it was always you know industry always seemed really far away. And I felt like, oh, I need to like bring industry to school. But now being at a school that's 100% industry, now I'm like, oh, this is why mass art is even more special. Right. Because there are people there literally just making art and not caring at all about what the industry is doing. Wow, that's a unique perspective. Yeah, so I don't think I would have ever had that like without even just like taking, leaving right now to like go somewhere else and see what else is out there. Awesome. So with that pivot onto kind of from creativity onto the more like innovative tech side of things, yeah. um, I know you're a huge, you're, you're involved in the tech industry. You're, you love it. I know back last year or the year before that when crypto was booming, yeah. you and I used to get on phone calls like every other day, like, oh, yo, did you see it spiked up? Yeah. And we were going nuts on it. So I want to hear your take on the tech industry. I want to hear what you have going on in your, uh, you know, your life and uh, hear some of the cool projects you got going on. Um, thank you. Uh, with the tech, I mean, you were there when we used to be at Market Skydeck, RIP, one of my favorite <laughs> uh, artist studios of all yeah, time. <laughs> Still, like, there's so many memories. But if you remember when we were there, we had the Oculus Rift, which was like one of the first like consumer level mainstream versions, uh, tools to be able to access virtual reality. And we were just tinkering with it there. And it's like, you know, that was 2017, 2018. So even in that short amount of time, and before that, we were even using 360 cameras. So um, the story I like to always tell is that when I was in high school, I wanted to make DVD title menus. That's what I thought <laughs> I wanted to do when I grow up. <laughs> so dope. technology moves really fast. I was one of the first users of the uh, DSLR cameras that could shoot video. So I think a lot of times I think, oh, it's my amazing art skills that are getting me out here. But actually what I noticed a lot of times is just my adoption of new technology. You know, I remember when people didn't know how to put their videos onto the internet. Like, wow. That's, yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that seems like, like light years ago, right? Like ages ago. Yeah. So I think it's just like kind of like knowing that I have skills in a certain particular medium, but that medium's always shifting and changing how it's even displayed. So I think it was just that. Like once I saw there was VR and augmented reality, I was like, I need to figure out a way to get my work into that because what if that's the way that everyone starts communicating? How am I going to be able to communicate if I'm saying, hey, do you have a 16 millimeter film projector? I have some work for you to watch. You're going to be like, what? That's a great way to put that. Yeah, and we're going to be there. I mean, the way the technology is moving with meta and all that, it's it's nuts. I think, yeah, within the next, like, 50 years or so, a projector, you know, HD projector is going to be that 60 millimeter projector. Like, Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's the same thing, right? Like, I don't think you could have asked people when CDs and tapes were out how long yeah. they would have thought that that technology was going to, like, especially that jump, right, to, like, MP3s. Like, that was kind of out of nowhere, right? Like, there wasn't very much, like, just straight data. Right. So, and then, hold on, what was the other part of that? Oh, what do I think's coming up? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So I, I guess, yeah. What is your expectations for the future? For the future? Yeah. I think just media, some form of like media literacy, I think is like super important, whether it's just people knowing how to build their own computers, knowing what's going on with their data is super important to me. Uh, we, you know, most individuals everywhere aren't like, we have no say really, right? Like every website that we go to gets a large benefit of us going there. So I think I would love to figure out like how to join a team or like a panel or a board to figure out ways to like, just look at that deeper, right? Like how can individuals maybe be getting paid from these companies to visit or to be scanned and to be analyzed in the way that we are? 
And I think that like all of that, even coming down to like AI, come on, like they're already testing chips and all these different things. So if I can use any sort of skill, just to even share awareness on these sort of topics, I think that that's like where I, I personally want to be going forward. It's not about making like a shiny video for anyone anymore. It's like, how can I use like my skills as an artist or my perspective as an artist to like better humanity or like a community of people? I love that. I love that. Has that your, been your perspective since day one or have you kind of adapted into that value of like community is really important to me? Mm, I would think, I think it became more apparent. I don't think I would have ever said like, no, I'm anti-community, but I don't think I was like not right. paying attention to it. And then I think Definitely. from like saying yes to, you know, I, for seven years used to go to this Native American reservation in Northern Wisconsin and we would like make PSAs with the students on, uh, like substance abuse, you know? And then after like doing it for five years, they were like, yo, we've done some metrics over the years and we found out that like substance abuse is like luring wow. like around. And they were like, we don't know if it's directly related to these videos, wow. but we're like also excited that like younger people are able to now like talk about these topics in ways. And like, we're just like thankful that you're making the trip out. So I think from doing different projects that involved community, I realized that like, wait a minute, this is something I care about and I want to do more of it. Man, I love that. I love that. Yeah, and you can see it. I mean, people who are authentic and what they believe in and what they're passionate about is shows, and it's clear. So awesome, dude. Awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, so have you been involved in researching at all the meta, the switch from you know Facebook into meta and kind of the entire metaverse space? Because I haven't had a lot of time to research it. I just hear about you know word of mouth. Um, I think like a decent amount. Like I understand that there are metaverses and ways that the gaming industry and different forms of, I guess, interactive media, you could say, have been using these like other worlds because i know second life was like popular for a super long time so there are other spaces that people are like going into so i think that and then also i mean facebook is just doing so much right now to be able to control the way that their community of people and they already were invested in this ver you know uh facebook owns oculus so right, right. they own the technology and they're making technology all the time. So I think it's just like a shift. And then also just on like a more political stage, like Facebook also is like facing tons of scrutiny for the way that Facebook is run. Right. So I think like also anything to like divert people from like <laughs> <laughs> what is Facebook to like other things, I think is like definitely help playing. But I mean, yeah. Microsoft also has a metaverse as well. So interesting. Tell me about that because I'm in the dark with that. I think it's just the fact that like anyone can create like a metaverse. True. It's just like another. It's just adopting it and getting people to join. Yeah, getting people to join it. Right. So like Facebook having the biggest audience, it makes sense for them to right. have their own like space for everyone to like hop in and do VR and do other things. So I think similar to the way we were talking with like crypto and then also with Web 3.0, Web 3.0, you'll be able to own parts of the web. So wow. yeah, that'll be more like normalized, like you will be like purchasing things and like owning. So I think that's also why the metaverse is a really big deal because people understand that data is valuable. So with having that space to, uh, to control those forms of like, I guess, entertainment. And I mean, a lot of it becomes gross, right? Cause then it just does become branding and marketing, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like, of course, like the Gucci store is going to have their metaverse version because they know people, even though they're not going by their store in real life, they're going by their store in this space. And I think, too, for a large part of the excuse me, uh, gaming community, 
they are already like adept to this, right? There's a lot of people that don't just go to like old boring sites, like basic websites. There are people that are going to sites where they're buying skins. They're transforming who they are once they get onto the web and they want to look a certain way. So having another space that lets you become who you actually are, like on the inside, which is actually all that matters. And to transform yourself visually into what you want to be seen as on the outside, I think is going to be huge for a lot of people. And I think the pandemic is only... Uh, further uh, like illuminating that point right because now we know that people are more like hey I want to work from home oh I want to do this here but I still want to be interactive and doing things in other spaces so now the rollout of this new tech the tech getting lighter the tech getting better there's going to be no reason why not right like five years ago we didn't want to use QR codes right now we had to use a QR code to eat yeah dude right (laughs) it's crazy it's crazy (laughs) man god It it, it goes so fast it's so fast. And yeah, like you said, I think the the pandemic has definitely exacerbated the need for this massive tech, uh, you know, infrastructure, I guess you could call it. Like people don't want to go to the office anymore. They don't want to. They want to be working from home in pajamas and, you know, they want to also have that sense of normalcy too. So, yeah. and then the, the fact that you brought up too is like, uh, you can be who you want to be from the inside externally. And that's something that I actually never really thought of. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of like pros and cons to these things. And I think over time, like reality is going to shift dramatically, Dr- dramatically. Did I just make up yeah. a word? <laughs> drastically. It's that bad. Yeah, dramatically. Like, that, it's going to be so that impactful. Right. Yeah. Dramatic and drastically, man. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I seriously, I think we'll be looking back on this clip in 20 years and we're like, man, we didn't even know what was coming. I mean, yeah, we sort of know, but we don't know. I mean, you know, we we live in a cool place being in New England. You have, like, Boston Dynamics and, like, people doing stuff with, what, stem cells and all sorts of CRISPR and, you know, all the crazy stuff that's possible is happening, like, people making this, that, and the next thing. So I think just, like, staying hip to it and not guessing or assuming that it's going to happen in the future. That's, like, another thing that I think, like, if I could do anything, I would love to just, like, work with communities on that. Like, just because you see it in a movie doesn't mean that it's not actually reality. Like, you need to, like, check up on some of these things because I think a lot of times we see movies and we're like, oh, yeah, that's going to happen one day. And it's like, no, 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 it's already. Yeah, it's been happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's just, like, being okay with, like, knowing that, like, humans are that advanced, that they're making stuff that seems, like, movie-like or fantasy-like or dream-like. Yeah. You mentioned Boston Dynamics. What are some other resources or references, people who are interested in learning more about all of this, you know, between uh, anything that you kind of relate to um, in the tech world? Like, do you have any resources that you kind of read up on to know the latest news and stuff like that? Uh, There's a cool one. I think it's called Immersive. It's uh, through, uh, I think it's like part of MIT. It's like a magazine, like a digital magazine. And then in Immersive, they'll usually have like, you know, because MIT is really techy, so they'll have stuff like that. But then they'll also relate it back to like community or like something that has to do with like ethics. You know, so it's okay. not just like the coolest person using tech. Yeah. And then um, the other place I would say this might be like a cop out, but I think using some of the like generic, very generic search engines. Like, all right, so here's a better way to put it. At one point, like a few years back, when I was like on maybe it was like Twitter or Instagram, I realized that you're not actually accessing all of it if you use the only one language you know. Really? Well, right? Because like it's an internet. Yeah. So like if you're typing in stuff in English, like there's stuff in other languages you're not even getting. So like diversifying your own search, like you need to throw like tomatoes in with like your sports and other random stuff or you're always going to get 
yeah. the same thing. So you kind of have to like figure out how to, or like, for instance, I purge my Instagrams so that I can see other stuff or like I'll have a set Instagram for a certain thing because same thing, you're not going to get everything if you're always just following your neighbors. Right. <laughs> yeah. You got to diversify what you're searching for and figure out the different terms. That's crazy. So using a different language. Yeah. I, I guess it makes sense. Right. Cause if you write something in English and you're searching it in you know Japanese, you're not going to find it. But if, yeah. Wow. But if you could speak Japanese, you could be searching stuff in Japanese and searching stuff right. in English and you're going to get like all this stuff and you'll be like, Oh, there now all of a sudden I have a new idea because I'm looking at what people in Japan are actually doing, not just like Japanese Americans right? or wow. like a Japanese person speaking in English. Nice. That's huge. So That's like awesome. trying to do like, you know, hit the other hashtags and stuff that like don't have like direct correlation or seem out of this box. Like, you know, cause if you're also searching for things within what you already know, like say you're searching tech, right? You can probably navigate tech in like, you know, any language for the most part, right? Because all the key words are going to make sense universally and yep. you know what you're looking at. So like you can kind of like, especially on a site like Instagram that's picture-based, like right. you could be looking at someone doing something really cool, conceptual, that's like completely different than the way we think here on stateside. That's genius. That's a little hack right there. That's so that could help. Hack. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's great. Switching gears really quick. Um, give me, and I'll give you a few, few seconds to think of it. Give me a story about one of uh, one of like your biggest life lessons when it comes to filmmaking and videography, whether it could be a client, it could be you know learning the value of yourself. Like, what is something that you remember that has kind of like made a big impact on who you are today? I think the thing that I think this one, and yeah, well, I've actually heard it from a few people, a lot of people. Um, I heard it from you know, I'll start with Gary Land because we're here in New England. Gary Land uh, out of Quincy, Mass. Uh, like one of the, you know, I was a longtime photographer for Allen Iverson and also like the first photographer, I believe, for Burton Snowboards and he does his own thing. Super awesome commercial uh, photographer. And then he moved into video. But nonetheless, the story is that some I was like taking a class to go hang out at his studio. And he said, you know, some days I make $50,000 a day as a director. And then other days I make nothing. Mm-hmm. He's like, it doesn't mean that I do the jobs for nothing. It just means that like, some days you're just working hard for nothing because it might lead towards something else that you want in the future. So that I learned, mm. I heard that like in the last five years, like but that. when I was starting off, I remember being in like Milwaukee and I was like kind of, I wouldn't say blowing up, but I'm like getting work, doing work with cool companies and this like really nice fancy restaurant, like in the main strip downtown, it's like come shoot some videos and like interview our like star chef and blah, blah, blah. But we can't pay you, but we'll give you free food. For like many times, like you can come here whenever you want and eat. And I was like, nah, I need money. Yeah, right. right. And I like put like a foot down like hard for no reason. I think it was just because like I knew they had money. So I was just like, I want the money. And then later in life, I realized like, damn, like that was wrong. Like I could have like probably still gotten money out of them later. I also could have taken like anyone else that I'm trying to court to that awesome restaurant and like make other relationships. But I skipped out on all that just to be like, Oh, you're not going to give me 500, like something like minimal. Right. Like, so sometimes I think it's a lot of times like balancing out, like when do you do that project for community? When do you do that project on the strength? And I think I learned that through all the like bumps and hurdles. And then at the same time, there are people that you go with off the rip for fun, like going to Sacramento and just paying for it. And like, it's all beautiful. And it like turns out exactly the way you want. So I think sometimes just figuring out how, 
do you make projects or how do you elevate projects and be a part of projects in the right way that also is going to support you later in the future. So you're not constantly thinking like, Oh man, I burned every single bridge around me. And now I always have to like emerge like the Phoenix. Like sometimes it should be easy. Like you should be caking because of like good work you did in the past. Just like right. yeah. <laughs> compounding on itself. <laughs> right. Right. Wow. Yeah. I just kind of let that sink in. That was great. That was perfect. I hope that worked. No, it was man, like last exactly second too. I, I thought of that place. It's perfect. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that, that, that pretty much sums it up, right? It's about who brings the most value and it's not always monetary value can be like business one-on-one value is not set by the seller. It's set by the purchaser. So whoever's mm-hmm. buying sets the value. You know, I could buy something for a thousand dollars and the next guy could think it's worth nothing, you know? So yeah, I think, you know, money is not the, 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 catch all right and yeah i mean i think you made a really good point i think a lot of creatives get caught up in the fact that like oh well i'm not going to be stepped on i'm valuable i'm worth something and yeah you are worth something you are valuable you do know what you're worth but at the same time like you said it yourself you could have been bringing mad people over to you know have dates there or whatever you could have been eating there yourself and in the future as you progress, because I'm sure when you started there, you weren't as good as you were a year, two years, three years Mm -hmm. later, you could have been making money because you built that relationship and you were more so involved. You're in it for the community, not for the money. So I think that's a, that's a great lesson. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, and thank you. That's a good point that you make as well too, that like, it's not that I was chasing necessarily the money. Cause as soon as you started talking, I was like, no, no, it wasn't that I was chasing the money, but you're no, right. For but sure. it's about, like you said, it's People about not being stepping on, mm-hmm. feeling respected in that moment. So when someone says, I can't pay you, a lot of times we jump to like, no, 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 no. I need to get paid. Cause all my friends told me to, yeah. and we don't think about like all <laughs> the other ways the transaction could happen. Yeah. I mean, foster those relationships, like create real meaningful relationships, because I feel like people who are in my circle and my sphere now who are probably like most helpful to me were based off of relationships that I built doing favors or getting favors done to me, like just mutually beneficial things. And it's like, you know, like you said, value is not just money. So yeah, the sooner you learn that, the better. I think that's a great piece of advice. Got one. I'm glad I was able to minute clock. (laughs) Glad I could bring some value to this conversation. Yep. Dude, awesome. Hey, any any other uh, topics that you wanted to touch on? I think we covered a broad, a good broad variety. Yeah, anything else I'm thinking about these days? No. Uh, yeah. So tell me about moving forward. Like, what do you got planned in the future? Do you got any good projects going on? You were talking about a, a series that you have coming yeah. up. Tell me all the good stuff There's you a lot have of, in the future. There's a lot of good stuff coming up. One, just like uh, excited to be... You know, learning about some stuff I didn't before. I just, like I said before, I decided to go back to school at this engineering college. Uh, they're teaching me how to code. So I'm really excited about learning a bunch of new stuff so that when I am back teaching again, that I can bring like even more value to those students. Like the fact that, like, you know, all this stuff that's happening in emerging tech, I don't think is necessarily that close to fine art as you would think. And I think giving people like that extra access is going to be really awesome. So uh, right now we're applying for a grant to do a show in Worcester. Um, if that happens, that'll be like an expanded cinema show with uh, uh, what is it called? workshops for that people can take for free. And that'll be really awesome right. teaching them different skills. I'm also uh I think by the time this comes out, it's okay. Uh, I just got the Opportunity Fund uh, from Boston, so I think that'll be a small chunk of change. Uh, and part of it, I wrote that I want to use it to have a workshop and give away free gear. So we're going to be giving away an Oculus Quest if everything turns out okay with that, and then also a, a small uh, computer, a laptop. 
So, wow. and then maybe possibly like a couple of them, who knows? But yeah, we want to have like a workshop, teach people how to do this. Uh, we're doing this live visual coding right now. So we're going to teach people how to do that, teach them some stuff. With, oh, and a 360 camera, because I'm super into 360. So just kind of get people on some of the emerging tech that also like groups back into the basics, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why I really am enjoying 360 because while you're learning something that's really advanced, you're also learning like video basics all right. with like the same tool. So, and then lastly... We're really excited about just like building new things. So I have a, a NFT project in the work. Not that it's an awesome. NFT for me, but it's like something that we want to release with the artist as an NFT. So it'll involve like... You told me about this yeah. a little while ago. Awesome. Yeah, so we're going to work on part of it. We want it to be an infinite runner, which I guess I'm like kind of new to, but I guess it's like a style of video game where you're like running and it just like uh, has like procedural land building. So it just like yeah. keeps generating more and you just like cool. navigate through. So we want to... We're going to be starting the that version of the game. So we have the VR part, we have the music video. We want to start doing the procedural, uh, what's it called? Infinite runner part. Cause we just learned a lot of 3d stuff this past semester. So we got to like get that in there right away. And then lastly, uh, we're looking to do more solo shows. So I just had a show, um, in Boston the other day in SOA at mass art. SOA with a lot of friends that I graduated from, I have an augmented reality piece there until, April 17th. And then I also have a piece up at Old South Meeting House, a two channel video piece um, until June 3rd. So definitely looking to do more exhibitions and all that type of stuff coming up. Awesome, man. Good stuff. All great stuff. Thank you so much for being here, brother, and sitting oh, down and talking you. to you. It's so good. It's been awesome. <laughs> I really appreciate your time, man. If you guys want to learn more about Darren Cole, where can they find the man himself? Uh, at Research Darren. So just research and then Darren, D A R R E N. You can find me right there. Perfect. All right, guys. Until next time, thanks for checking us out.